guys, thank you so much for tuning back in to City Church Podcast. Hey, I just want to tell you real quick where we're located. We're located in Gainesville, Georgia, and we're a place where everyone is welcome because no one is perfect. This is also a place that we love God, love people, and serve the city. And uh, shout out to Marcus and his sermon, which we're going to get in, into that a little later in the podcast. But he had this awesome line that I have to say, too, is that we're also people who are saved people who serve people. So my name's Corbin Stone. I'm Marcus Donaldson. And I'm Jared Cagle. Mm-hmm. I'm about to bring you uh, this word, this hot fire. So, uh, Marcus, please, please give us a recap of your sermon. Yes. Yeah, so we, uh, we're we continuing in our series, What is the Church or What is Church? And uh, my assignment was to answer the question, why should I trust her? There are a bunch of different people asking these questions in a lot of different ways, and we see it in our society where trust is its hard to come by. People aren't trusting every institution, but specifically the church. Um in a phenomenal way. You know, they say, I, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. And this can happen for a couple of different reasons uh, that I discussed. But then we looked at five portraits that we find in scripture of the church. And ultimately we landed on the bride of Christ. So, you know, why should you trust the church? Because Jesus Christ will make his bride beautiful. And I loved how you had five points um of why people do not trust the church now and so number one was ineffective discipleship number two was irrelevant topic number three was not effective evangelisms and number four was uh church hurt um number five was just that sometimes the church can just be arrogant and come across as judgmental um and so i think i really wanted us to get personal here and uh, share some some of uh, what affected us uh, in in our stories of uh, not trusting the church. You know, for me, growing up, I, I grew up in the church, and my picture of the church was pretty flawed. Um, and I, uh, whatever reason it was flawed, is is not really the point of this, but. My picture was these are people that are perfect and who have arrived. And so they should treat me. They should never mess up and they should always treat me the way that I should be treated or like there should never be a problem inside of a place full of people that have arrived. You know, Mm -hmm. this should be a sanctuary where there are no problems. There's no drama. There's no. And so my perspective of it. I, nobody ever said the words we led this podcast with to me. Everyone, this is a place where everybody's welcome because nobody's perfect, right? Like I literally had the opposite perception when it came to what the church was. And what you find out quickly is obviously people are people and we're flawed and we make mistakes and we hurt each other. And we're, we're, you know, we, we, uh, um, forgiveness is a daily practice the closer right. we are with people and because we're people and we hurt people and um so to love is not to be to, ne- to to love somebody or to have love for somebody is not to never mess up or never hurt them to love really is 
to be sacrificially forgiving mm-hmm. regularly and walking with people and giving your life to people. Um, and so anyway, I, I had, I had a misunderstanding, which messed up my frame of reference, which set me up for poor expectations and let me down. Um, and it ultimately, it took me having to be retaught. Uh, I had to relearn really what the church was in order to be able to trust her because I was expecting her to be perfect and full of systems that didn't make mistakes. Yeah. That's good. Um, for me, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely grew up in my um, Christian home and we were definitely heavily involved within the church. But I think what happened was, I think it's, it was a mixture of irrelevant topics and then as well as like church hurt. And so irrelevant topics was just as a, I mean, kid, you know, you had kids church and then you had, you know, the big church. And so like just, just growing up into that of when it came to teenage years and me growing up into my faith and stuff like that, like whenever it came to, they still had this type of mentality of like kids church um, or teenage, this is where the teenagers are. And then this is where like the big, the big church happens and stuff like that. And that's where like the sermon happens, but that's also too, like, it's kind of boring because your friends aren't there and because like, it's not really addressing the issues that you're struggling with. Like, like I'm struggling with, with peer pressure here. Like I'm struggling with like how to be faithful to my girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? I'm struggling with like porn and, um, and, and going through those things, but here at Big Church, they're not really addressing those type of issues. Yeah. Um, and so just re- realizing that, like, maybe, like, Big Church uh, wasn't just a place for me, you know, like, so trying to stick in the boyish, my boyish uh, slash manhood um, and stick with here because this is this is what is addressing more of my 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 issues and stuff like that and so and then just further just growing up like knowing that like the church um is supposed to have your best interests out there but just seeing like un hmm, how can i say this but not like except what anybody tells but like sometimes it's like unwise um leadership within the church turned me off from 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 the organization or like from uh the religious affiliation is like ah dude like because you made that decision and you reflect god um by making that decision it makes me not want to go to that place it makes me um take a serious look at at your leadership right now um and it makes me take a a different look at god so i think that's what kind of uh, transpired in, in my head as I was going through that. Yeah, that's great. Marcus, I'd, I'd love to hear from you here because I've, I remember some conversations with you about frustration with lack of evangelism, uh, priority or, or focus, um, being at some, not to mention any names or places, but just having seen some context where they didn't prioritize or, seem to really care about outreach and evangelism. wonder if you could speak into that from your experience. Yeah, I, I would just say um, 
you know, I didn't grow up in church or a genuinely Christian home. I was more nominal. So growing up, um, I saw, or at least from my perspective and my experience, the, the church really wasn't engaged. Like it, though it was planted in the community, it wasn't, it didn't meet me anywhere. I, there weren't uh, people from the church coming and feeding the sports teams like some of the churches do around here or things like FCA. Like I never heard of anything like that. Like the church being planted in the community, but not engaging in the community with evangelism and outreach. And that was my experience as a kid. So, you know, when the Lord saved me at 25, I'm like, that's not how I'm going to live my life. Like, it's like if anything, if I'm the only one who does it, I'm going to go and share the gospel with as many people as I can, wherever I can, where I'm planted. And, uh, you know, that was an, an issue because, you know, some of the places that I had been at or um, experienced their church calendar was like 99% inward focused, you know, and, and I'm all for celebrating the saints and um, rejoicing as believers, fellowshipping, you know, whatever. Um, but we like, we just can't forget that we're to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, like with our community in the community. So, um, I, but I will say this though, you know, I've been on the other end of all of these things, you know, I've been at times or seasons inward focused. Um, I've been an effect or ineffective disciple maker, um, Sometimes I don't engage in relevant issues and I've definitely hurt people in the church and, and sometimes I can come off judgmental and hypocritical. So, you know, I don't want to throw, uh, throw too much on everybody else. Cause I've definitely been on that side, but I think, you know, what I'm most happy about is at city church, we're seeing, um, a desire to not be those things. Yeah. That's mm. good. Yeah. So with that is like, so what is as, as church uh, leaders within city churches, what's our plan to restore trust in the church? Yeah. To me, what Marcus just said uh, is what gets me fired up as well, because God has sent people and is still sending people Mm-hmm. that um, our desire to build a place that is biblical mm-hmm. and um, effective in the city and, you know, to be sent to the world. So the the strategy ultimately, like, what, what are we going to do? The question is, how do we plan to restore trust? Well, we're going to start with teaching the Bible and mm-hmm. sitting under it as authoritative, which we've already done. And um, with that, we're going to be very cognizant and intentional about helping people uh, learn the ways of Jesus and follow him, which is being a disciple of him. And the biggest question that's ringing in my spirit over the last several, several months, but especially the last month or two, is how are we making disciples? How are we making disciples that are making disciples? How are we multiplying this influence, not for our gain, but for the fame and the glory of Jesus? And, um, you know, the enemy doesn't want us to do that. We Mm -hmm. feel this pull 
to focus inward like like we've been talking about. We feel this pull to focus on, you know, events and drawing people and attracting to a certain type of entertainment or a certain type of song or it's constant. Like we have this temptation um, and all no, none of those things are bad as long as the focus is to lift Jesus up above any other name, magnify him and help people learn how to follow him mm-hmm. with their lives. And, you know, the, the questions right now are how, how do we do that? You know, and, and there's some really exciting plans that we've been discussing and I'm um, talking about getting people involved on discipleship journeys and one step at a time and starting small. Um, and, I mean, that, that's the stuff that fires me up because it's it's not the problems that we're facing in the world today are not going to be solved by another exciting um, movement or event or culture of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. The problems that we're facing are only going to be solved when disciples of Jesus are going out and and not just sharing um, on the surface, but walking with people through mm. life and showing them like, follow me as I follow Jesus. Yeah. And we collectively, if personally we can, we can truly make a difference in our world, but it can't be for the sake of, you know, surface level change. It's got to be deep right. discipleship, Bible led, um, right. gospel driven, you know, in its motive. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Mm. And I, I'm really glad that you, you know, said that because it, what it did was push back my memory um, and reminded me of the time of going through Bible college. And, man, they highlighted ministry as a or at least I did was highlighting ministry as like a person who got on the stage and who just preached majority of the time. But as of what I started to realize more about that is that ministry like preaching on top of the stage is only like 10% of the ministry, right? The real hardcore um, plunging the hand into the muck is when you are doing that discipleship, that one-on-one, that meeting with people. Now that is the real ministry. And we can even look it within Ephesians chapter four and see that pastors, teachers, evangelisms, their, their job is to equip the body so that the body can go out and and be a mission uh to the world um and that's what i love what marcus said but so that's what kind of just reminded me and it and i think man that's a great action plan and i think that's a biblical action plan is to equip the body of believers so the body believers can go out instead of the body of believers bringing in unbelievers into the church and then saying, Hey, you should just only hear the gospel from my pastor. You know, like that's the only time I'm going to really share it with you, but my pastor can do it. So I'm just going to bring you to church. Rather we're equipping the body of believers to share them the gospel and, and for them to see it in a tangible way. And then we're also, you know, doing both bringing them to church and giving them church. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Um, is it is it church leaders' job to restore the trust back in the church? Because we know that sometimes we go to our friends, as you said, Marcus, in the sermon. You said like, well, 
we love Jesus, right? I love Jesus, but I don't, I don't like the church. Um, is it someone's job to restore that trust or help them, um, you know, get across that hill in their heart um, for them to have a love for the church? I think I think that answer is twofold. I think in part, yes, it's um, not just church leaders, but every believer's responsibility to restore that trust that the world has for the church. Um, you know, whether that be for any of the reasons that we discussed before, um, I, I don't think it's just the role of church leaders. I think that church leaders have definitely a higher responsibility. Um, but maybe that's more to equip and then send, um, the believers out to go mend those wounds and fill some of the gaps and restore that trust. And then the second part of that, um, you know, ultimately it's, it's the Lord's bride. You know, he says that he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, um, he's going to be the one restoring the trust through the people that he sends and qualifies. I think too, let me just add quickly. Um, I, the reality that I was in when I was younger was, um, I didn't trust them. Right. That was my language. Like I I don't trust them. And it was a very much a, here's all of us that attend church and there's them that lead and do the, actually do church. Like that's the church and we are just the attenders. Um, what I'm passionate about is breaking down that divide because the, the Bible talks about us as a body. Yeah. The Bible talks about us as, as uh, individually a holy temple of God and coming together with different gifts and different uh, abilities on purpose so that we can make a body for a purpose to go and share the good news of Jesus. So when, when we see it that way and when we, we, when we set it up that way, to where everyone has a role, everyone has a place in the body. There, there's a finger, there's a there's a, a thumb and a and an index finger on the hand. Like we think about it in terms of, okay, who are you? Where can you know where has God gifted you to build up and edify His body? And mm-hmm. how can we how can we all come together when it becomes a um, a gathering of people that are on mission together? Mm. It's, it's not the same conversation of, Oh, I don't trust them. Mm. You're not, it's not us and them anymore. It's, um, they did something to hurt me. Um, I'm still a part of this body. Mm. You gotta come together to figure out how to fix it or somebody's going to die off and mm. we're not going to be effective. You know, um, it, it, the expectation is not for people to be perfect. Yeah. Mm. That's not possible. The expectation is that we will, be able to come together as a part of the same body and forgive one another to seek love with one another and be able to build each other up in love and good deeds as a body collectively pointing in the same direction. Um, for me, that's where the paradigm shift happened when mm-hmm. I stopped thinking, Oh, the church is just those people with the ties and all the garb on, mm-hmm. on the stage. The church is a body. Yeah. Uh, it's not us and them. Right. Right. The, the church, the church includes me, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's not an organization. It's more of a, a living organism yeah. Yeah. that includes, that includes me. Whew, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you there was there was one word that you said Jared about like thinking that the the church is just a bunch of perfect people um and so do you think that um people just have like un, unrealistic expectations about the church and do they they just because like you you go to church or just because you're a deacon or a pastor of the church like now you've been placed on this pedestal in people's minds um in this higher type standard of just like now we have to see you as this golden person because you are affiliated with the church and you you say you're a believer you say you're a christian but yet when we see an act of stain or dirt on you it's like mm, like I don't know if you about your business, man. Right. <laughs> right. No, I think I think it's real for sure. There's an unrealistic expectation. I had it I, as a as a person who was making excuses and trying to kind of live a double life. I wanted to be involved in that because I knew that it was it was right. But I also wanted to kind of keep my thing going over here. So I was caught in this making excuses. Oh, they they're hypocrites. So that's why I'm not living that life. Mm. Uh, so it goes both ways, right? The person with the unrealistic expectation um, is not all bad in the sense that he or she expects the person in the church to live to the standard that they proclaim. That's a good thing. Like we need to be holding each other accountable. Mm-hmm. But what I see a lot of times and what I saw in my own life is I rested on that as an excuse to not live a holy life or not pursue a mm-hmm. holy life, right? Like, Oh, they're hypocrites over there. Like, that's why I'm not going to church every week, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it goes both ways as the church. We need to be, we're called higher. So we need to be pursuing this holiness and we need to be living in a certain way that does measure up to the calling with which we've been called. Um, so we've got a responsibility and people outside the church also, um, mm-hmm have a responsibility for themselves. But I think inside the church, what we can do is communicate and live in a certain way where we we make sure that, um, we, 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 we have enough accessibility for people to come on the journey and enter into the conversation while also having, um, enough of a, uh, clarity of truth. And um, I mean, it is what it is. It's a, um, it's, it's the, the fact that holy life is a difficult thing, like, and, and not in a judgmental way, but in an accountable way, Mm -hmm. we hold each other to this standard. Does that make sense? So there's like a balance that has to be held. So in a, in a, in a sense, in in a nutshell, it's like we're preaching instead of judgment, being judgmental, we're preaching more of an accountability type deal that once a Christian um, is filled with the Holy Spirit, um, he doesn't uh, he, he doesn't become sinless. He just sins less. But he is um, encouraging others around him to see his flaws with him um, as he grows in Christ. Because like we all know that salvation just doesn't end when you say like i do you know like when you accept christ in your heart like salvation doesn't end there salvation ends in glorification 
And that's when we will receive like the perfect body. Um, And that's when we will receive, um, we'll we'll be free from the the power and the presence of sin completely and wholly. Um, But until then, like, I think there shouldn't be like a double, a double standard, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause we're, we're still, we're still sinners. Um, and, uh, we're, we're, we're still sinners that still struggle with sin, but we, yet we still believe in the saving power of who Jesus is. And we want everybody to see our struggle, um, because we're going to struggle well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Struggle well, it's so big, mm-hmm. but we can't, because we can't, I'm so tired of the excuse of like, you know, what do you say when people call you a hypocrite? Oh, well, yeah, we're every per, you know, Mm -hmm. come and show me somebody that's not a hypocrite. Like I get it, but we have to be, we have to be rising to a different call. Like Mm -hmm. can't rest on this excuse of we're people. So we're going to mess up, (laughs) but we're empowered by the spirit. And that's, that means something. That's a daily, like that's a difference maker inside of you. That's a transformative power that, that raised Christ from the dead is in you, the person of God. And so, uh, the, the point is like, we've got to quit resting in this, you know, like we're never going to be, you know, we're always going to be, like hypocritical or we're always going to be whatever uh the the there is there is no answer to the fact that we are human and we are we have flesh and we are tempted but man i desire a place where we can be transparent enough to where we can be living authentically in in who we are yes we are tempted yes we are uh, people struggling with with this life and but the word you said about struggling well is so key because there is grace that covers sin mm-hmm. and in that we don't rest on it but we're pursuing this higher upward calling because mm-hmm. it's a desire in us that was put there by God when he put his spirit in us to live and be sanctified through this process no we're not perfect but we're not going to rest on it as an excuse and, and use the hypocrite language um, as an excuse to live a certain way and to just throw caution to the wind. We, we're transparent in the way that we're operating in grace, and we're pursuing an upward call. Hmm. Um, Marcus, I got a question for you. Which is, what did you mean apart from the vine? Um, this is where, in the beginning of your message, right, you mentioned uh, John 15. And so, what did you mean apart from the vine is activism? Yeah, so I think in the contemporary sense, you know, like activism, we see a direct or like a notable action uh, for a desired result. So, for example, if we don't like homelessness or um, inequality, we see tons of people making great efforts, taking great actions to at least advocate for those issues, if not try to solve them, um, or at least make you know huge strides in those areas. But mm-hmm. you know, Christians, we're not called to just put clothes on the homeless back or to feed them or to just advocate for those who are uh, being oppressed, but 
we're called to share the gospel with them. Like, I don't care if you have a jacket on your back and you're warm for the rest of your life, you're going to be hot and burning in hell. You know, that's just the reality that, that we need to deal in. So it's not enough to just do and take notable action unless it's with that eternal perspective in mind. So, Mm. so we, we don't just take notable or, um, decisive action towards making, uh, or towards good showing goodwill towards men. You know, we, we go, we go to make disciples and we can only do mm-hmm. that by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Yeah. So in a sense of of not doing just just doing the social gospel, but we're actually giving both gospel and, you know, the services. So we're, we're actually being the hands and feet of Jesus, as well as the words um, of Jesus. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, uh, man, you, um, and I think you kind of explained this a little bit as you were talking about activism, but I want to go more in in depth of the local church and what that definition is, because I know you said it in your sermon, but for those who don't know what the church is, um, or, or if they don't have a healthy view of it, what should it look like? Yeah, so um, we hear it a lot, and I just want to distinguish at the top of this. You know, you hear the Big C Church, which is the universal church. Um, It's just the community of believers of all time or for all time, right? So everybody who has has been saved is included in the Big C Church, right? And then the local C Church, or yeah, the local church, or the little C, sorry, I don't know what's going on, but is a called out living assembly of baptized believers associated by a covenant of faith who regularly assemble in Jesus's name to rightly worship God, preach the gospel and to affirm one another as Christ's followers through baptism in the Lord's supper. The church exists for the purpose of expressing praise and glory to God by evangelizing the lost and equipping the saved. A local church is organized by new Testament principles led by qualified pastors, elders, those words are synonymous and also plural uh, who are supported by qualified deacons, also plural, under the discipline of God's word and the headship of Christ. So let's break that down. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. Break it down. Yeah, so like Jared said, um, ecclesia or ecclesia. How do you pronounce it, Jared? (laughs) You're good, man. Go with it. (laughs) Yeah, called out, right? So called out living assembly of baptized believers. And I think we would all affirm that baptism doesn't save, but it's a necessary public like profession of you following Jesus into his death and resurrection. You publicly um, demonstrating that you are a follower of Jesus Christ associated by a covenant of faith and who regularly assemble in Jesus's name to rightly worship God and to preach the gospel and to affirm one another in the two, I call them ordinances, um, the Lord's Supper and baptism. So thank you, Jared. Thank you, Marcus, uh, just for expounding uh, upon that and, and, and then coming back to the basics of, you know, what the, the local church is and how we should be just a, a body of believers who are, are real and authentic and transparent are about our struggles. Yeah. Um, and how, but 
it is through like you know baptism and um, and uh, the Lord the Lord's Supper that we can restore that community with one another um, and be underneath that one roof serving one God um, so that we can be in the walking in the spirit of unity um, and I think that's just so key and so if you guys haven't heard the sermon please go on to apple podcast search of city church gainesville and go ahead listen to it for yourself um if you don't go to our church right now please we would love to have you join our church you can also find us on facebook and as well as the gram instagram that's right join this beautiful messiness uh, that's (laughs) happening